This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to the Fertility Podcast, where we aim to educate and empower you on your fertility journey, whatever stage you're at. I'm Natalie Silverman, a broadcaster and fertility coach, and I had my son after successful fertility treatment. And I'm Kate Davis, an independent fertility nurse consultant. We'll be your trusted guides, chatting each week with experts and people just like you to let you know you're not alone. Let's dive in. Ah, welcome to another episode of the Fertility Podcast, a sun-filled episode because We've had a few days of glorious sunshine in the UK and everybody seems happy. You happy, Kate? Yes. Oh my goodness. When the sun shines out, you just feel completely different, don't you? We ate outside for the first time and forgive me if you're listening and you're vegetarian, but my husband cooked a piece of lamb on Mm. an open fire with a fire pit over the top and my husband is a butcher and he said to me, do you realise that and I really do apologise if you're not a meat eater. I was about to say. Nose. You're going to dislike me even more. And he just said to me, this lamb is from the field by where I work. And I've butchered it. And now I'm cooking it on wood, on a wood fire in our garden. I mean, it couldn't be more, more local. It's amazing. No. And he was so excited about it. And I was like, it's great, darling. It's great. And it was delicious. Again, huge apologies if you don't eat meat. <laughs> but if you are That's going to so eat funny. meat, I mean, you, need, you want to know. You want to know where your meat's from, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's the best way, isn't it? To have it local was. and yeah. It was. But hey, first barbecue of well 2021. And I'm everybody's impressed. talking about it. Everyone's talking about how the plans are changing and soon we can meet more people. I mean, we're already allowed to meet in a group of six. Or two families. Or two families. Mm. So we're sharing this podcast with you on Easter Monday. Maybe you're en route to see some family. Maybe you're just taking it easy still, but it does feel like slowly but surely we can have a sense of normality back, obviously still being very careful. Yes, absolutely. It's great, isn't it? Well, I've been gardening, so Ah. that's been exciting. Last, putting some bits and pieces into the raised beds. Not too much yet, but I've got loads of seedlings coming up. So yeah. Well, after our last guest, Gemma, who you'd been talking about getting gardening tips from, Mm. I went and bought some cosmos and some sweet pea seeds. Oh, did you? Well done. Yet to plant them. And I was wondering, because I don't have any more little seed pots and my dad, who normally gets me them, said to just get some online. I was wondering if I could use my egg cups. You know, when you've got an egg cup. Okay, good. Yeah, egg cups. Now, with sweet peas, just... You are listening to the fertility podcast, by the way. (laughs) We're not suddenly Gardener's World, honestly, although as much as I'd like to be. Or the Um, butcher's guide to uh, (laughs) local barbecues. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet peas like to have long roots. So Ah. the best thing for sweet peas, if you don't have any root trainer pots, is to use toilet rolls, toilet roll holders. Oh, I've got loads of those. There you go. But they do get a bit soggy, so just put them in a little tray and then, yeah, that's good. You see, you never know what you're going to get when you listen to this mm. podcast. And I just want to tell you about someone I met last week because I also host another podcast and this is obviously where my heart is. But this is just another podcast, which I will be sharing more about on my um, on my socials in due course when it's released. But I was chatting with Jules Von Hepp. And if you know him, you'll know that he is like the man to talk about body positivity. If you don't, go and check him out. He created... Um, Isle of Paradise fake tan. But oh, he was just such a bundle of joy talking to. So go and check out his Insta. Really interesting chat. Now, this week's episode is a bit different because as you heard Kate flying solo last week, I was flying solo this week because our schedules have been a bit bonkers. So obviously has had a listen 
to this conversation. And we're talking mm-hmm. about the importance of gut health and the microbiome. Is this something, Kate, that you're talking more about with, with the patients that you're, you're working with? Are people asking more about it? Just recently, so really recently, it's coming up in conversation a little bit. And I think that's just because it's still such an emerging area. So not many people know about the benefits of it as yet, but I think it's something that we will start to hear more and more about. Well, make sure you're following us on our socials. I'm at Fertility Poddy. And I'm at Your Fertility Journey. We'll put all that in the show notes, as well as the details of our guest, Deborah Brock, and her pretty new company, New at Fertility. Have a listen. We're sure you'll find this interesting, and we'll be back with you very shortly. So I'm delighted to welcome Deborah Brock, who is the founder and chief exec of New at Fertility, to the podcast. I've spoken to Deborah before and know all about what she's been doing. And I've been meaning to book her in to get her to come and talk with us. So welcome, Deborah. Lovely to have you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Honestly, thank you. Bit of a frantic day. We've just been discussing a slight wrist injury with your eight-year-old, Richa. It's always always the juggle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. uh, Yeah, going to the hospital and then rushing back and getting back to the desk and doing the work. But that is the job of being a mum, I guess. And spinning all the plates. Yes, millions of plates. (laughs) So let's talk about newer for women. It's the first of its kind vitamin, mineral and probiotic. And we're going to be talking all about its role in the gut and the vaginal microbiome, which is something that's becoming more and more talked about within fertility. And before we talk about you and your background, can you just explain what we need to understand about the vaginal microbiome? Because there was conversations in my closed Facebook group about this just last week, and I was like, I need to understand more about this. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to start off when we look at the microbiome, right? And in, in general sense, we have we've, we've the skin microbiome, the gut microbiome, the vaginal microbiome. And I think people are starting to become more and more aware of this. But one of the interesting things is that we have these good bacteria and bad bacteria, right? And they make up the majority of actually of, of, our, of our bodies. So if you think about the gut specifically starts in the mouth and finishes at the anus. And so you have this whole GI tract that runs down, which is just a phenomenal. It, it's not an organ. It should be an organ in itself, but it's just it does so much things. Right. And I guess it isn't the first thing that you think of when you're t- talking about your fertility or your fertility health. It wasn't the first thing that I thought about. But the more and more research we did, and I did when I was looking at our journey, and I stumbled on this microbiome and the gut microbiome, and suddenly I was like, why isn't everybody jumping up and down about this? You know, it's like, it's basically, you know, it's home to two kilograms of microbes. So like, think about that. It's the size of two surface areas of tennis court inside your body. Yeah. So for me, I think even that starting point, when you think of what this does, you, you, you know it has an overall effect for your general health and well-being. But then when it starts kicking in and you're thinking about what these microbes do, so what this good bacteria does, and it can support the absorption of nutrients and vitamins. So even on the simplest term, when you think about, you know, you're eating all the right foods, you're doing everything that everybody's been telling you to do, you know, it's like it's it can be quite overwhelming. You think, oh, God, I'm having a great diet and my nutrition is great. And then suddenly your gut might be out of balance. And I say really simply out of whack. You're actually not absorbing those key nutrients and vitamins that you're taking. So it's acting like, I guess, a sponge. It's literally Mm. just running through. So it has a huge impact, you know, with regards to that nutrient absorption, which I think is really important that people kind of forget about. 
but then it plays a really big role, I suppose, in, in protecting and inflammation and the immune system. I really kind of always simply put that a gut, you know, barrier or protection. There's, there's a, there's a big thick layer, right? And that wards out all the bad bacteria that we don't want in our bodies, right? And that can come from foods or not being digested in different aspects. So what you want is that bacteria or, or that barrier to be really, really tight. No, really, really good protective wall. So it doesn't allow in those, those bad guys, as we would call them. Now, what happens is when it's out of balance or out of whack, they become looser and things start going through. So the barrier isn't as protective and strong. And that's not what we want. So, you know, it can cause inflammation and immune issues, which is a really big issue when we think about our fertility. Um, you know, inflammation is associated with PCOS, endometriosis, and and an awful lot of, of other issues that are happening. So it's really important to even look at it as that first line of defense. And then I suppose when you move along as well, you're looking at it, it helps regulate hormones. So if we think about estrogen, the importance of estrogen is as well, it does that. Uh, it sends messages to our brain and they, they call, you know, your, your gut, your second brain. So, I mean, I could go on and on about what it does and how important it is. And then you move down into the, the vaginal microbiome. And, and this is where people are kind of going, okay, maybe I get this a little bit more because they might have had infections or a yeast infection or EV. And what they're now finding is that women, and in particular, they're seeing it in uh, research where they're looking at IVF outcomes, right? So they're taking cohort of women who are going through IVF and they're looking and saying, and they're seeing that those that have don't have successful outcomes have a less of the good guys, so less of the lactobacillus in their vagina. And those who have more have more favorable outcomes. So it's really kind of starting to get the scientists and the doctors to look and say, okay, hang on, is having a reduced amount of this good bacteria in our vagina having an impact on embryo implantation and successful pregnancy outcomes? Now, me, I'm like, Wow. Like, like, honestly, you know, and it is, it's a new up and coming area and it's not new. I mean, it's been, you know, when, when we're looking at what the gut did and talking about, they would say that, you know, all disease begins in the gut. And it's mm. one of the first things that said, and it's ran years and years, but because the science has become so amazing and moved on so much and they have these sequencing techniques, they can actually find out so much more. So for me, I'm like, Oh, yeah, let, let, let's find out more because the more we talk about this at near fertility is, um, and I'm sure Natalie, you're the same when you're on your journey. I think about it as a fertility jigsaw, right? And yeah. I think, yeah, because it's so easy to think about it, right? When I look at my picture of my fertility health, so my jigsaw is different to your jigsaw. Each of those pieces were different for me, what was working, was what was going to work for me and what was right for myself and my husband. But also how I do my jigsaw is totally different to how you do yours. Like I do mine radically, scantily. My mother-in-law goes mad because I, I don't, don't start in the edges. I go so from I the middle. I have to do the edges in the corners. Oh, you see? So that's how we're, yeah, that's it. We're yeah. so different. And yeah. I think when you look at your fertility, it's really similar. Nobody's is the same. And the end outcome of that jigsaw, that picture is going to be different for everybody. But yeah. one of the things that I think in the picture when we're looking at our lifestyle, nutrition and we're looking at mindset and stress and our exercise and all of those pieces that we know when we talk about are really helpful to arm us um, and get us in the best position for a pregnancy. The other missing piece of that jigsaw is the microbiome. 
And, and for me, it's just such an interesting area and more and more research is coming out. Like when we started, you know, nearly four years ago, it wasn't as much. And now there is like every second paper you'll see, or you will see a lot more of the clinical trials happening. They're all talking about this. Very Specialist is a, a, an amazing company in Spain. And they're really looking at this area because they're saying this could be that missing part of people's jigsaw, a slight change and balance in that the vaginal microbiome in particular can have a positive outcome for pregnancy. So I think for us, yeah, that's, I could go on and on and on and on and talk about you've, you've mentioned a couple of papers and, and unfortunately Kate hasn't been able to join us for this chat, but if there are some published, do let me know and we'll put them in the show notes because I yeah. know that our audience are big fans of being as informed, you know, as possible and, and love a paper. So in terms of your kind of light bulb moment with all of this, because you, you shared your timeline on, on your website and let's talk a little bit more about that. And then you collaborated with APC Microbiome. I just want to understand a bit more about what you were experiencing and what support you were getting and what led you to Obviously, you've done your own research and I know you had success because we just mentioned your, your daughter before. But then what led you down this fascinating you know, rabbit hole of the microbiome? I, I guess really, really quickly is that I worked in communities. So I came from a place where I always worked with supporting individuals. I did a lot of one to one work and I worked where people lived in very disadvantaged areas of poverty in, in, in Ireland. And so that was in my heart. And then like a lot of people, you know, when we thought we were going to get pregnant, because, you know, in Ireland, we were told you just have to touch a guy and get pregnant. Yeah. Didn't happen. And uh, fast forward a number of years later, we were thrown into that whole world of infertility, which I didn't even know existed. And I guess the other side is that I love research. I, I study sociology and education, and I absolutely love going down those rabbit holes, right? And, and because I wanted to arm myself with as much information as I could to help us with what we were doing. And exactly what you're saying, your listeners and others who are in this fertility journey or area, they do do that. We do it because we went from being so passive and just nodding our head like, you know, those 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 dogs in the cars and yeah. to the doctor and doing nothing to suddenly then, you know, having this PhD because we're researching everything. So for us, it was really important then on, when I did that. And I used to go into my doctor when we changed and was like, have you seen this? Look at this. Look at this piece of research. And she was amazing. She just listened to me. And I know probably internally she was like, oh, here she goes again. But me, here she goes again, led to really stumbling into this area of, of the microbiome. And I think that instantly I wanted to be able to support others and say, jump up and down and go, look at this. There is no, look, there is no magic doctor no magic clinic there's no magic pill right that's just there's no guarantee sadly. no i mean god when i don't know about you but when i first started in our treatment i thought there was i thought you walk in you walk out with a baby you know well so i naive. had a bit of insight having had a best friend go through you know a number of failed cycles but i was i was determined i was going to be as positive as anything and and you know i had success first time so i am very aware that my experience of the process was short and effective you know, compared to the many conversations I've had over the last seven years with many, many people who are still trying, who have, have stopped trying. So yeah, I think it's it's really important that we do convey that IVF is not a guarantee. It is a brilliant scientific discovery and development. And, you know, we're 40 odd years in, yet yeah. 
as we've said. And when you talk about that puzzle, I had a lovely analogy said to me once of it almost like the crystal maze where you've got this kind of, I'm just doing a little hand action to Deborah, like my hands kind of moving into the clog until they finally click yes. together. It's a similar yes. thing to the, the puzzle. And, and that's why I'm always a little bit wary when there is so much and the conversations I have with my community of people asking one another online and following what somebody else has done. And yes, obviously peer support is so important, but that's why we always want to have the evidence-based conversations on the podcast because we are so individual. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, we're very clear as well in what we're doing, I think is, you know, if you even come onto the website and have a look at the information that we have there, we're developing, we're actually outgrown our website now. So we're developing more space, which is amazing because we want it to be a resource. We want it to be Education is so important to me. It's where I came from. And I do think that if you're informed, you're armed with information, it's up to you what you do with that, right? There is no wrong or right within that. So if you want to look at what we're doing and we're talking about microphone and go, oh my God, maybe this is something that I really need to explore and look in further to. Brilliant. Or if you go, no, this is not for me, just as brilliant. Because as you're right, there is no one size fits all for everybody. And I think for us, it's so important that this area is moving along. It's, it's really moving into where you're having an awful lot more of the doctors and the clinics talking about this. And that's where the research reports are coming through. But not even just if you're going through treatment or getting supports. You know, you're starting off or you've been a year or two years. You know, yeah, like trying naturally. Every, exactly. Everybody's journey is, is so hard. We all want the same outcome. You know, we want to be holding that baby in our arms. And I think you have to respect each other and respect those journeys. And I think you're right. We do look to others and say, what do they do? Can I do that? Will I do that? Oh my God. I'll, I'll, I'll take the pineapple core. I'll do the whatever else. And, and we all do them, but it's back to that jigsaw that if you do look at each of the key pieces that are right for you and start putting a plan together. I mean, I think that's what's important. When I set out was when we had a plan, we knew we could work towards something. And look, we had gone through three failed cycles before a successful cycle. And we've since then had, had two failed cycles, one a miscarriage. And I'm now about to embark on um, FET. I'm kind of now saying that out loud this year. Yeah, I know. And, but I have to say my, my brain goes to, um, yeah, my brain kind of slightly freezes um, when I'm thinking about it. And I'm, preparing myself now you know I'm preparing I want my body to be in the best place that it can be for those embryos I want my brain to like you I want to be really really positive but also be very very aware that it may not work and what those feelings are yeah the understanding of what the feelings are trying to tell us and how we work through them is where I try to kind of highlight that important emotional understanding in the coaching work I do it's not really it's it's too simplistic to say to be positive. What I just always try to talk about is to try and be in a neutral place so that we're not kind of totally in an emergency freaking out state and yes. we're not kind of hopeless. We want to be in this neutral place where, you know, we can we can ride it through and not be kind of fight or flight the whole time. Yeah. In terms of then where you're at with your journey and knowing what you know, and I do want to talk a little bit about working with APC microbiome and what that kind of means. What kind of things would you say that people can think about to prepare yourself for conception and pregnancy, which is ultimately what all this work yeah. is about? We want to get that positive outcome and then and then have you have a, a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. And I th look, go back to when we had that aha light bulb moment of, you know, the impact that potentially the microbiome has and that fertility gut connection. 
was I started working with APC Microbiome and Cork. So they're one of the best research centers in the world. They have top 12 uh, amazing scientists, like just unreal. And they're looking at what the gut and the microbiome and other key kind of core areas have that influence over our health and our well-being. So it's a really good starting point. So we started off with them and we're hoping now to continue to go into another partnership further down. And, th- and that is part of our R&D efforts. I mean, I, I said at the beginning, we're really, really key about research and development and we want to be at the forefront of this area and really push forward. So we have an exciting project that's coming up that we are going to be exploring potentially, you know, with them. But it moved on then into this, this space of connecting with, so our manufacturers are based in, in Europe, they're in Denmark. And again, they're connected to a university in Denmark. So that was really important for us that we still stay connected to those that are interested to continue on with that research and development. And they specifically were looking at areas and they were looking at a probiotic strain. So you can't really say probiotic in Europe, but anyway, so a particular strain that was supporting semen. So they were looking then now on the male factor side of of the microbiome, which is fascinating for us. And so I was really keen to work with them very, very early on. And we did. And we started and we have a a development partnership with them and lining ourselves up with people like that, where they have key scientists, microbiologists, and they're just so interested in this area because it's an area that you can explore to support health and have health benefits. And so that's kind of where we're, we're really moving towards. And obviously we developed the, for our first product, Neurobiome Women, and it is the combination of vitamins, minerals, and the good bacteria. So we have five specific strains within that, which help the overall balance of your, of your gut bacteria, which I talked about earlier to get that balance right, to support immune system, to support and redu- reduce reduction in inflammation, and then we have a core strain that's also around the vaginal microbiome. So it's to try to repopulate yourself with more bacteria of the good stuff. Now, it's a food supplement. So we will always be saying you need to look at your diet and your nutrition, right? That's just, it's, that's the other part of the puzzle. If you're supporting that and eating more fiber and we go on about eating the rainbow, and I'm sure you've probably seen that everywhere, you know, eating more vibrant foods of different colors because that really does support your gut microbiome. Eating more fiber. I mean, we're supposed to be getting 30 grams of fiber a day. And I mean, I'm constantly going, I'm kind of watching this one. How do I get more? And, you know, and you can get that from nuts and oils that you're taking. So there's other ways as well, or the seasoning that you use. And that's why we have an in-house nutritionist and she's amazing. She's, you know, she's developing a lot of materials and resources that we can pass on over to our community for free. And, I suppose I say community because again, that's, I came from that community background and you know what this community is like as well. And you're building it with what you've done here and the work that you do, you know, on your coaching. It's so important to be supported and to have access to that information and have access to that evidence based information. As we said at the beginning, whether you want to do something with that or not, that's up to you. And that's what we're trying to build with new fertility. Like we have three pillars and our three pillars are education, community and our products. And, and we all stand over and really strongly believe in that. And I think for me, I guess giving up everything and giving up a job and people that I worked with and I loved to really throw everything we had into doing this because we want to be able to try and support others. And, you know, as you're, as you're moving along in a, in a new company, in a new area, it's, it can be scary sometimes too, but in the last two weeks, we've been asking for testimonials from customers who are, who are taking the products. And we have now 12 successful pregnancies since we started. Brilliant. But we're part of their jigsaw. 
right? We're yeah. one part of that piece that they were doing. And to me that, you know, we talked about this earlier, it, that, that just makes my whole year. And you're planning, am I right, uh, a male supplement? At the moment there's newer women. Yeah. Uh, you've, got a, you've got plans for a male supplement. We're speaking March 2021. Is it still due to come out spring 2021? Uh, a little bit later, COVID yeah. um, always kicks in, I think. Um, so, yeah. COVID. I know, I know. So we're hoping uh, end of June, our male okay. uh, counterpart is coming out. Yes, we're really excited about that. I suppose as well for us, our experience as well has been male factor infertility. So my husband is very much behind talking about and his experience and opening up, which when I'm listening to him now, you know, he was, he was, he was talking to Toby twice about two weeks ago, they were on a phone together and I have to say, just I never heard him opening up as much and talking as much as of his experience with another man. And I just thought that was just brilliant. Doing what we we're doing has enabled him to do that. And I think as well, because we're about to do this last and final part of our journey, it's, you know, it's that scared side of us too. Um, but also, I mean, we had male factor. And at the time, my husband was a personal trainer. He was a health coach. He was in peak, peak fitness and could not understand what this meant and you know in the conversations that I've had with with many men about how they feel that feeling of, of redundancy as well as shame and and all the things that that come with it knowing that there's something like this you know when we're talking about the lifestyle changes and the proactive way that men can start to feel that they can feel a bit more empowered and feel supportive and feel like they are doing their all rather than feeling like a spare part and often not even spoken to in the clinic yeah. I think is a really significant part for men's mental health. And and like you said, hearing your husband talk about it, the few occasions that I've had my husband talk about it, I've been really proud. I mean, he's not mm. spoken about it. And I've said this, he's not he doesn't speak about it very much. And I think we still have a long way to go encouraging men to feel that this is okay for them to talk. I know there's amazing work going on. You mentioned Toby. We've got a, another male fertility episode coming up all about right. the support groups that Fertility Network and obviously we had the, the brilliant Rod Gilbert documentary and there is a, a real shift but we still have a long way to go and I think it's yeah. really good when we're talking about things like supplementation that it's understood that it's not just for the women, it's for the men as well because we want this to feel like if you are in a heterosexual partnership that you know that, that both of you are going to do it and equally if you're in a same-sex relationship that you know infertility sadly affects us all in in so many different ways however you're trying to build your family so it's good to hear that he's feeling that he can also be a part kind of proactive part rather than just like a, a bystander doing you know the sample in the cup you're and you're right I and mean, I think he's just realized how like how prevalent it is I mean you could tell him the statistics early on and say listen this is you know 40 percent 40 percent this is equal this is like you know infertility is equal on both parts and and I could tell him that to his villain face and he still wouldn't have thought he would have automatically just gone I'm the only one like I can't give you what you want his fanhood was tested and he'll say that but now I think the more he's talking and seeing it it's it's like it's suddenly he's understood and accepted that yes gosh this is actually a really big part male infertility and I'm not on my own you know and I and I think as well like we're working with them um, a clinic here in Ireland a really amazing doctor right she's just unreal and you know she's just constantly every week saying when's the male product coming out because they just have so many couples now and are, are starting to understand that both need and like she specializes in inflammation specializes in this area and has really been 
you know, saying to me, this is exactly what we should be talking about more. And as you said earlier as well, these are things that are tangible and can be done and can actually make significant change. And even she's saying that, you know, in the clinic and seeing the patients that are coming through. And, you know, last week she said that one of her patients had terrible bloating, really bad, you know, with regards to, to her system not working, started the product and came back and, and just said, oh, this, this is time my, my bloating is reduced. And like, this isn't us saying it, you know, this is coming back through the clinic. And it's, again, that has a knock on overall effect on how she's been feeling going towards her treatment. And it's back to that every little piece of that jigsaw mm. helps, you know, and, and it can make improvements. And, and that's what's really, like, really important. And I think you're right about, especially around the male factor side and talking about it more. We have a really, really long way still. Deborah, I know we could talk for for hours, but I just wanted to go back on something that you said when we were first talking about the kind of the research that has, has been done on the, the effect of the microbiome in terms of IVF success and failure. Mm-hmm. Are we saying then that it can be linked with implantation success and failure? The research is coming through is they're starting to see that actually, yeah. Again, look, research is nuanced, so you have to be very careful what way you take them and how you read sure. them. But what it's really indicating is, yes, they're really starting to see that specifically around the vaginal microbiome, that women who don't have an abundance of the, the lactobacillus have less than, than more fertile women are more inclined to be infertile. So they are really seeing this. They are trying to see the outcomes, obviously, with regards to implantation failure, because I don't know about you, but this is another area where I used to think, oh my God, science is so amazing. And then you have your, your transfer, you're off on your own two weeks. And they're like, well, it's in the hands of the gods. I'm like, what, what, what? The, the, the hands of the what? And they're like, well, it's kind of a bit of a gray area. We, there's nothing you can do anymore after this. I think a lot of the research that's coming through, and I think I said to you earlier, and specifically in Spain, they're really, really looking at this and they're looking to, to try and open it up that it isn't a gray area. What could, it's very hard, you know, think about it like this is a, you know, an, an embryo. It, it, like, so where the science is moving with it at the same time, it's still a very hard area, but the indications are absolutely there and the indications are, are very positive. And one of the reports that I have, and I'll put that up for you, it's actually a very good one because they talk about, you know, administering probiotics and they talk about probiotic being, you know, one of the areas that can really support this. Research is research, right? You've got to really take it where, but it is up and coming and moving along. And I think when you and I talk in five years down the line, we'd be like, oh my God, do you remember we were just on the cusp of talking about this? Because more and more is going to come out. And, And some amazing things, because I think then some of this core pieces of research that they're doing may prevent people having to go down more expensive routes, or it may be a really good combination of that jigsaw with your clinical practitioner or your doctor or whatever you're doing. And and that to me is really great. And people are far too well informed when they're in this infertility space to be told it's in the hand of the gods or it's a gray area. They're like, no, I want to know what can I look at? What can I find out? Especially when there's been failed cycles or, or or miscarriage. And I think that whole understanding about the vagina microbiome is is going to be kind of just sucked up by our listeners, I'm sure. So thank you so much for explaining it. And we'll put all the links to Nua on the website. And I look forward to our chat in five years time where we're yeah. like, like, Debra, you were on the money. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, I think it's fascinating and it's so good to hear, you know, who you're affiliated with. And I think it's such reassurance for people because we're always being asked about supplements on the podcast. We're always being asked for advice. You know, we've we've talked about nutrition so far in this new series and, you know, we're always wanted to signpost. And I think this is a really interesting piece of the puzzle, as we've said, understanding your gut and your microbiome and the significance of giving it time. And I know you've talked about, you know, during the pandemic, people have, and we've seen it, people have been giving themselves more time to think, actually, what can I do for myself that's not going to cost me an arm and a leg to have yet more tests if I can't go to the clinic? What can I do at home? What information can I get access to, to to really put myself in the best place for if my treatment's been delayed, you know, when it will start up again? So... Absolutely. And I think that's the the best place is to get your body and mind ready. You know, I mean, that that to me is really the, the starting point, especially when you're there's a lot of people at the moment who are don't have access to clinics, the treatments yeah. have stopped or been halted. So I think in that that stage, it's like, okay, well, what can you do to take that a little bit of control back? Because you're in a bit of a limbo now. And it can be a very, very difficult place. But start getting your plan together, looking at your nutrition, looking at your diet and your lifestyle and, you know, your your mental health and where you're feeling at the moment, where is, is it the right time? And just starting to prepare yourself. And I think that's what's key and really important. But you're right. I mean, one thing that I really always say as well is we're not another supplementation, right? We're just not. It's the first of its kind out there, but we're a different company. Our ethos and philosophy is driven by our own experience. So we we, we get it. But it's also driven by research and development. It's driven by wanting to assure that we can get to be the best and, and produce the best products out there. So it's really important. And we're about to work with one of the clinics here in Ireland on a clinical trial. So, you know, you don't hear many companies like ours saying that because that's what we've always stated from the beginning that we want to do and aim to do and move forward in that way. Yeah, really exciting. And I look forward to hearing and seeing more. And good luck with your own. Transfer. Yeah. Put that to one side, I suppose. And and, uh, just, you know, this whole piece of, you know, just how we can handle it is, I think, really important with all of this rather than letting ourselves go down those rabbit holes of of despair, ultimately, because it is an unknown, isn't it? And we can only do what we can do. No, and and it's what you said earlier. All I can do at the moment is what I'm telling anybody else to do. I'm preparing myself. I'm getting myself ready. I'm good at building the wall because just in case, but I also want to keep that hope because if you don't have hope, I mean, what else have you got? You've got to, you know? Well, you wouldn't be having more treatment if you didn't have hope, I don't think. No, absolutely not. This and what a story that will be for Nua's new, bigger website. Oh, I love Lord, that you've, I love that you've who outgrows a website within a year of <laughs> a year of starting. I love that. You're breaking the internet. So it's really exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Deborah, lovely to chat. And um, yeah, we'll speak soon. Thank you so much. It was lovely. Thank you. Ask the expert. 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 So this was a question asking about a microbiome vaginal swab. This this person said, I've had a call with a nutritionist and fertility specialist to do the test as well as three one-to-ones, full lookup blood, and it's just under a thousand pounds. I don't really know what to do. Already spent so much money and struggling. I've had three failed transfers and really just trying to get my body physically in the best place possible. I think the whole endometrium in general is, a, is an increasingly topical area that, that has been classically ignored. So in the context of somebody who has had recurrent cycle failures with nice embryos, we're looking at it a little bit more. 
And there's a couple of factors. One, the endometrial receptivity. So are we putting an embryo in at the right time? And at the same time, endometrial microbiome. So looking at the natural bacteria that live in the genital tract and also to see if there are any bugs that are there that shouldn't be there that might be affecting implantation. I think in the context of failed implantation before, I I would probably do it because physically, emotionally, financially, you're putting yourself through a heck of a lot to to get there. In the context of having never had any treatment before, I don't think there's any evidence to support it as first line. I think the key is making sure the person who's requesting it is able to review the results and advise accordingly. So again, I I would tend to do that in conjunction with your uh, fertility team. Ask the expert. 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 So lots there, as always. Fascinating stuff. Deborah, very passionate about her own experiences and what they're doing as um, an organisation. And as, as you heard me kind of joking with her, their website is kind of groaning with, <laughs> with interest. And I know that you, we said at the start that you were saying, Kate, you're having more people kind of inquiring about it. And, and we heard Deborah talk about a lot of the research that they've got going on and, and the science behind it. This is still evolving, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think... You know, to be fair to Newer, that's where they are very different, perhaps from other products, that they are very much into the research and they're doing an awful lot. And Deborah's very passionate about it. But as I said, you know, it still is a very early emerging area. There's still so much that we don't know yet. So I think it's really interesting. Do we have all the evidence yet? No. Will we? Possibly. And I think, you know, watch this space because I think that it, this could be something that is going to be really interesting for a lot of women. So as always, we want you to kind of be signposted to where you can find out more. We know you love to do your research and we want to kind of make sure you're going down the right type of rabbit holes. Ideally not be in the rabbit holes for too long, but find Mm. the information that is really useful for you. Let us know what you think. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe and share this podcast in your favourite podcast app. Make sure you've joined our closed Facebook group, which is just called The Fertility Podcast. And you can ask questions for us to give to our expert, James Nikopoulis. You can do that on our socials as well. It's all going to be in the show notes. And make sure you join us every Thursday on Instagram at two o'clock for our brew at two. As always, thank you for listening. And until the next time. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.